I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music Yo, what's going on, bros and broettes? This is Swim Success with Music. And this is Walt. I am your music coach, your boredom puncher, your potato chip cruncher. Mm. All right, let's dive in. I am glad you guys joined us today. I appreciate you listening as always. We're going to tackle a topic that I know many of you have some interest in, and that topic for today will be copyrights. I know that you have interest in this topic because we just discussed songwriting last week, and if you have that idea of creating a song or you have an idea for a song, you most likely have thought about copyrights. What does that mean for your song? It's interesting I decided to tackle this subject this week because a good friend of mine reached out to me and he had some questions related to copyrights. And him and I have spoken about copyrights over the years, but for some reason, it seems like the subject is a bit intimidating for him. So I wanted to give you some information and insight as to what you should know about copyrights and how it relates to your your song. So. Let's talk about that today. But before we do, as usual, I like to get started with something interesting and fun. So let's tackle some music trivia. All right. This is music trivia, random music facts that may prove to be valuable or just may prove to help you impress your friends at parties. The following questions will test the boundaries of your musical knowledge. So random factoids from the world of music. All right. So it's pretty simple. I'm going to give you three questions and I'm going to give you choices for the questions. So it's going to be a multiple choice type of scenario. So at least you stand um, some type of chance of getting it right. All right. Here we go. Here's our first question for today. In popular music, have you heard the term 808? If you have, where do you think this term originates from? 808. Is it A, a term coined by a famous rapper? Is it B, the Roland TR-88 drum machine? Or is it C, a phrase that relates to measures or bars in music? So we're talking about the term 808. You hear this a lot in popular music, in rhythmic music, and a lot in hip-hop. This term, where does it come from? So here are your choices again. A, 
808 is a term coined by a famous rapper? Is it B, the Roland TR-808 drum machine? Or is it C, a phrase that relates to measures or bars of music? The answer is B. The term 808 comes from the Roland drum machine. This is actually uh, an electronic instrument developed by a Japanese visionary many years ago. Okay, next question. What does scherzo mean? Scherzo. I'm going to spell it for you just to make sure that you get it right. It's S-C-H-E-R-Z-O. Scherzo. What does that mean? Is it A, a form of stage fright? Is it B, a term, a technical term for how strings are strummed for a loud piece of music? Or is it C, a light, playful section of music in a symphony? So the question and answers again. Scherzo. What does scherzo mean? What is it? Is it A, a form of stage fright? Is it B, a technical term for how strings are strummed for a loud piece of music? Or is it C, a light, playful section of music in a symphony? The answer is C. Scherzo is a playful passage of music in orchestral compositions. All right. Last question. All right. Question three. Which of the following artists or band has sold the most music, the most units of music? Is it A, Elton John, B, Celine Dion, or C, The Rolling Stones? Here's that question one more time. Which of the following artists or band has sold the most music in terms of units, certified units sold? Is it A, Elton John, B, Celine Dion, or C, The Rolling Stones? Here's the answer coming in first with over 167 million certified units of music sold. It's... A, it's Elton John. Celine has 124 million units sold. And for this question, the Rolling Stones come in third. The Rolling Stones, they're in third with nearly 97 million units sold. So how are we doing today on the quiz? If you did well, please accept my virtual high five. Uh, all right. All right, so let's go ahead and shift into our main topic of the day, which I mentioned at the top of the show, copyrights. All right, so in this episode, we're going to cover four areas related to copyrights. Number one, what is a copyright? And number two, why is it necessary? Number three, how to obtain a copyright? And number four, the financial benefits of a copyright. So as mentioned at the beginning of the show, a good friend of mine by the name of Chris reached out to me to ask a few questions about copyrights. So we've had discussions about this before, but again, this subject seems to be a bit overwhelming for him. And, and to be very direct with you, the subject of copyrights can be pretty involved. I've seen books that are huge that relate to this particular subject. So I don't want to give you the impression that the 
entire subject of copyrights can be covered in one podcast. It can't be. In fact, it can't be covered in these large books I've seen out there. And that's why they have entertainment and copyright lawyers and things like that. This subject goes very, very, very deep. But having said that, I do believe that we can get a high level view of what they are and the necessity of having a copyright, how to obtain a copyright and the financial benefits therein. I'm not a lawyer. So when it comes to specific legal terms and matters, obviously consult a legal professional. Before going further into this subject, I know that some of you are listening from other parts of the world, not just here in the U.S. So having said that, know that your country will have its own governing bodies and registration processes for copyrights that may vary from here in the U.S. Just take that into account and do your own research. But I believe some of the principles and concepts will apply to you due to the fact that the idea of having a copyright is universally recognized. All right. So having said that, let's go to the actual spelling of the word copyright. It's C-O-P-Y-R-I-G-H-T. Why in the world am I giving you a spelling lesson right now? The point of me spelling this out for you is this. I want to focus on the the last part of this word, right. When you have a copyright, you have a legal entitlement. It's a right. An exclusive legal right given to an originator or an assignee to print, publish, perform, film, or record literary, artistic, or musical material. You have a right to do those things when you have a copyright. So I'm spelling the word out because I've heard musicians use this word uh, like this. Hey, I need to have the song copywritten. Or he copywrote this song last year. That use of the word is incorrect because we're not talking about writing something like with a pen and paper. We're talking about, again, a right, an entitlement. So with that in mind, let me go back to that definition. Let me read it to you one more time. A copyright, it's the exclusive right, the exclusive legal right given to an originator or assignee to print, publish, perform, film, or record literary artistic or musical material. Let me put it this way. When you have a copyright for something, you have the right to copy that thing, that that idea, that musical concept, that artistic concept, that literary concept. Okay? That's that's all it is. You you the originator, you have the right to copy and duplicate and mimic Something that you made. And when I put it in that way, it means inherently that someone else does not have the right to do that. So if you create a song, you have a right to copy that song. Put it out there many, many times online. Sell it for downloads. Copy that song into a movie. Put that song into some type of uh, manuscript so people can play along, let's say, uh, on a, a guitar or piano. You have a right to copy that song. Whereas some guy that I just met at a music store, that guy does not have a copyright for my material. He does not have a right to copy something I created. 
So hopefully how I'm phrasing this is helping you to uh, give you give you a better understanding as to what copyrights are. And so let's go to our next segment of copyrights here. And I kind of touched on it a second ago. Why are they needed? Well, you want to prevent someone from basically stealing your idea, just taking off and just running with something that you created, copying what you developed. That is usually the driving force for many of the musicians that I've spoken with to get a copyright. They're saying, listen, I don't want anyone hearing my song. I don't want anyone running off with my with my idea. I want my music protected. So that is the rationale for why someone would want a copyright. Now, let's move on to the next logical question is how to obtain a copyright. Here in the U.S., our laws are set up in such a way that when you create something, when you create, let's say, a book, a song, an idea, when you put it on paper or when you put it on your phone, when you put it in your computer, you type it out, when it's on something that is fixed, like a medium, and I'm using the word medium as uh, an object, technically you have a copyright by our laws here in the U.S. Think about what I just said. Our laws state that when you jot down your song idea on a napkin, when you play a few melodies of... When you play some melodies on your guitar and record them on your digital audio workstation, those ideas, as long as you didn't borrow it from someone else and as long as you did not copy someone else's ideas, those ideas that you have, they belong to you. You have a copyright. You have a right, an exclusive right to copy what you created. What's not covered under a copyright is... Things that uh, or are things that you have in your mind or ideas that you kind of just put out there into the universe. So if you're there at home, you're singing in the shower and you have some great melody that comes out, that melody is not copyrighted. There's nothing that it's fixed on. If you have an idea for some type of book, article or magazine If the idea is just in your mind and you conceptually have it there, but it's not on a piece of paper, you do not have a copyright. Again, it has to be fixed on something. It has to be placed on something in order for you to have a copyright. Again, some of you may find yourself in a place right now to say, well, wait a minute, I'm confused. All right. So I just told you that your music is copyrighted, but, and this is a big one here. There's another level for protection with copyrights or a copyright for your music, if we're going to use that example. What I'm talking about is filing your music with the copyright office. And again, I'm talking about filing your music here in the U.S. Uh, If you guys are in other places in the the world, of course, you will have different uh, a different process. But um, even if you are in a different part of the world and you want your music, let's say, played on the radio here or online here or what have you, uh, some may go through the step of having their work filed through the, the U.S. Copyright Office. So let's walk through this here. If your work is already copyrighted, why in the world do you need to have it filed with the U.S. Copyright Office? 
Well, it's highly advised that you file your work in this way due to legal proceedings. If you were ever to uh, have to go into court or defend your your work in a in a legal setting, having an officially filed copyright will help you in a very substantial way. The reason for that is you will have a well-documented, verified fingerprint for your work. What I mean by that is if you, for instance, were to create the next hit song and it's just in your notebook at home, again, it's copyrighted, but it just sits there. And then let's say somehow or another, a friend of yours next door, they wind up getting your song and the song somehow another is picked up by a record label. It goes platinum and you're there thinking, wait a minute, that is my song. The biggest thing that you're going to need to prove in a legal setting is when did you file your copyright? Was it before this person? Did this person file a copyright? So when you do it officially with the U.S. government, there is a trail of activity when you filed it the information, the the melodies and things like that, that were a part of, of your song. So that is why it's highly advised that you file your song with the U.S. Copyright Office in order to make things more official. There's another party involved that can verify that, yes, you filed your work. Let's say you wrote a song three years ago. Well, hey, you wrote your song three years ago. Your buddy says that, you know, or the guy next door, maybe he's not your buddy anymore. Um that, hey, I just came up with the song last week with my band. Well, you can point to your documentation and say, hey, well, wait a minute. I have proof of this being my material. Now, proving that your neighbor stole your song is just a completely different uh, ball of wax altogether. It's a it's a very um, involved topic. Again, I'm not a lawyer. This is more of a legal type of thing. But I will say this about that. It's really, really tough to proven court that someone stole a song. Having said all of that, I still recommend having your song copyrighted. You want to have more protection than than not, of course. So let's talk about a few things here with how to get that done. A copyright can be filed online. It's pretty simple to get your music uh, into the U.S. patent patent office, U.S. Copyright Office. My mind is on something else. <laughs> you can get your song sent into the U.S. Copyright Office. There are a few steps that are involved. Again, you can do it online. I believe there's a fee for it, which is, I don't know, like at the time of this recording, it's it's less than 50 bucks. Here's the awesome thing that a lot of people don't know, and, and this is why we're having this podcast here, is you can actually send in a collection of pieces all at one time for that fee I mentioned, which should be less than 50 bucks. Think about what I'm saying. So if you have a book of songs or you have, let's say, you know, um, your computer's filled with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of tracks that you want to get copyrighted. I forget what the, I'm not sure if there's a limit to what you can place into, they used to call, call it a volume, but you can send in the collection of pieces and have them all copyrighted at one time. Look into that. And here's where you're going to look into this. And here's where you can actually get information, information about filing online. You're simply going to go to copyright.gov. Again, that's copyright.gov. 
www.ghost.gov. That is an official website from the U.S. government that will walk you through all of the information about copyrights. And actually, you can start to read more about this subject and start to educate yourself on this process. But again, if you're looking to get your music copyrighted and protected and you're one of those folks that you just want to sleep at night, uh, again, I encourage you to, to do that, especially if you're sharing your song, let's say, with a publisher or sometimes there are these song submission websites. Make sure that your uh, your song has officially been uh, submitted to the, the the copyright office. Now, having said that, um, if you find yourself in a place to where when you go onto that website and you're confused, you don't know what to do. And I'll admit uh, the the process when you're doing it electronically can be a little weird, especially some of the questions that they will ask. Here's here's the beauty of everything that I'm telling you right now. There's an 800 number that you can call. It's at the bottom of the website. Just scroll to the bo- to the bottom of the um, copyright.gov website. Call that number. During normal uh, business hours, of course, it's the uh, U.S. Copyright Office. They're based over in Washington, D.C., and they are on Eastern Standard Time. Call them during the day. You will have someone that will walk you step by step and answer all of your questions. The point being is that there is no excuse for you not getting your copyright because it can be done online. You can file multiple songs. Remember that multiple songs under one filing and you can just pay that one time fee. Now, it will take some time for you to get your paperwork from the the U.S. government. But once everything is filed and if it's filed properly, you will get a a certificate with the the embossed uh, information from the U.S. government basically, you know, saying, hey, your copyright is official. But if you are looking to, let's say, again, send your song out to people or share it. I'm not a lawyer, but I've been told that you're pretty safe as long as the process has been started, meaning you paid your fee, the songs have been uploaded. So even before the actual certificate comes, that process has already been started. So if someone else wanted to rip your song off and do the same thing, well, guess what? They are behind in line. You have beat them in terms of getting that process done. Again, I state I am not a lawyer. Make sure you check with an entertainment attorney to get information on this subject should you be in a very uh, in a situation where you need a lot more detail all right so let's talk about one final area here related to copyrights and we just covered protection right and i think most people when they think about copyrights they're thinking about I don't want someone to rip me off and steal my brilliant idea. And next thing you know, someone else is getting credit for a song or something creative that I uh, put out there. But there's another part of this here, a real big part, quite frankly, and that is the financial benefits of a copyright. Having a copyright means you have ownership in something. That's a great thing. You actually own something. If someone sees value in something that you own, you are in a position to have that person use your music, of course, with your permission, and you can earn money on an idea that you have. You can earn royalties. And hopefully as a musician, you've heard this term, but this is kind of the basis for that whole process. If you have a legal stake in a creative work, your copyright 
you can now license your music. You are eligible for payment again if someone finds in uh, finds um that your music is worth something. So in other words, let's say a publishing company wanted to pick up your song and use it for an artist or let's say a record label wanted to pick up your song and use it for an artist. Let's say uh, you sold music online and it's being downloaded and let's say you're getting uh, online plays or your music is streaming online because you are the owner of that song. You are due songwriter copyright. I'm sorry, songwriter royalties, songwriter royalties. And you're eligible for that when you have a bona fide copyright. So the point being is that there's a financial play here that you should be aware of. Now, when I say this, some of you may already be thinking about grandeur, millions of downloads, millions of streams. Well, to be honest with you, most of us will not go on to have those songs that are like multi-platinum, million downloads, million views and streams and things like that. But there is another angle with respect to copyright. So it's not about just huge volume. Let me give you a story here. I once licensed a piece of music that I created for my indie artist. And this music was picked up by a, to make it simple, a television network of sorts. This television network was to broadcast this music on their channels throughout the world. And in their contract, they wanted to find out, well, before we send this music all around the world, we need to know who owns this because the owner is due a certain amount of money. Well, looky here. I happen to be the owner. And guess what? As the owner, the copyright holder, I then had a stake in the money that was to be paid out. So even though most of you may not have heard this song, that's perfectly fine with me. We were paid uh, a pretty good sum for having our music licensed. And because I was a copyright owner, then I was due a certain amount of money. So in other words, that licensing fee probably was far more lucrative than having sold thousands of downloads on iTunes or whatever. The main point I'm trying to drive home is that I held the copyright and I was due a certain amount of money. So again, don't always think of volume. Also think of strategic licensing of your music, potential strategic licensing of your music that may have, may be of benefit to you. And you want to make sure that you have your copyright in hand or in process. All right. So I said at the beginning that the subject of copyrights, it, it's a pretty tall, tall order to tackle in a, a podcast. But I'm hoping that the information that we've covered today has given you a better, some better insight into the world of copyrights and why you should care about them and how to go about filing your copyright. Again, I encourage you go to the U.S. Copyright Office website and check it out. Read the information. It's all there. If you need help, call that 800 number that's at the bottom of that website. And again, their website is copyright.gov. All right. So are you ready for the tip of the day? All right. Let's get to it. But first, I want to let you know that this segment is brought to you by Jingle Money. 
Jingle Money is a book about jingles. It's about creating music for commercials and how you, as the average musician, can earn thousands of dollars for just seconds of music. That's a reality. Thousands of dollars for seconds of music. You can accomplish quite a bit with very, very little. Get the knowledge from this book. It is available on Amazon. It's available in ebook form if you um, download it to your Kindle device. If you don't have a Kindle device, grab the app and put it on whatever smart device you have and get the book. It is a treasure trove. All right, so here's the tip for today. I want you to go deeper into your research. Today, you most likely, you heard something new about copyrights, something that you did not know before. Don't let your learning stop here. Take it a step further. Go to the website that I mentioned. In in all things uh, music-related, go further, go deeper. Don't just let someone hand you information and just take it for face value. Push beyond that point. Do the research yourself so that you can become educated. You may learn new things and new angles that that I didn't cover or someone else didn't cover on a matter. Go further. And as you do this, you'll become an expert at things related to what matters most to you as a musician. So again, the tip is very simple, but I encourage you to push beyond your comfort level. Push beyond the place of just accepting information as it comes. When you do this and implement the information that you do acquire, you then become more successful. And that is the goal. Send me an email with your questions. Ask at successwithmusic.com. That's ask at successwithmusic.com. Yo, make sure you subscribe. I will see you on the next episode. Or I guess maybe hear you. No, you hear me. Whatever. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life. That is my dream Here's to a better